I'm Rebecca Demarest, and I am the uh, founder and publisher of Neme Press, which is a play press dedicated to improving diversity in playwriting. So can you tell us about like some of your new upcoming books or scripts, sorry? Uh, sure. Uh, the three that we have premiered here at the con are Scary Mary, uh, The Department of Soul Reclamation, and Happy, Happy, Happy. Uh, these three plays uh, are just fantastic. I absolutely love all of them. Uh, we'll start with Scary Mary, which is a horror play actually designed for young adults that tackles the issues of mental health and suicidal ideation through fighting monsters and all sorts of fun things like that. Uh, the Department of Soul Reclamation is a new Christmas story because, you know, we, we've all heard a Christmas Carol and we've all seen Nutcracker a billion times. Uh, so this is actually Christmas Carol from the perspective of the three spirits of Christmas. It's in their green room. It's them getting ready for the big night. It's them going on and off stage. You can hear Scrooge off stage, but you don't actually see him. And it's a, a really unique take and it shows that these spirits have their own things going on. They, they, they're they not just there for the night, but they, they've done this a lot <laughs> and they're going to do it again. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a really interesting adventure. And for happy, 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 I always like to say you can tell about how happy it is by just how many happies are in the title. It's a family drama that involves family of mother, father, and a uh, 19-year-old son, and then the mother's best friend. And there's a lot of inappropriate relationships going on and there's a lot of family drama. Uh, this particular one has uh, some very specific staging requirements. Basically the first half of the play everything is sort of crooked on stage and nobody's wearing real costumes. It's all just black. Uh, there's no props and everything goes to hell right before intermission when everybody stops lying to each other and then when you come back from intermission everything is real again so when they stop lying all of a sudden everything it, you can see the truth of the matter so it's it's a rather spectacular play to see done uh, so I'm, I'm really hoping that having these out there will help other people do them and I know that you guys have like a nice steampunk collection and that seems to be like making its way back into like Circulation. Yeah, circulation. <laughs> I was trying to get the right word for like main. It's mainstream media. Yeah. Uh, so the the steampunk trio were actually our founding trio by Maggie Lee, a Seattle playwright, and they were produced uh, over a series of about five years by the Portfolio Players here in Seattle. Uh, the first one is your classic steampunk. We got steampunk robots. We got you know villain and clockwork and all this stuff going on. Literally called the Clockwork Professor. The second one is the Tumbleweed Zephyr, which takes place a few years after the Clockwork professor some of the characters in that have grown up and uh it's a train heist uh, a sort of western steampunk train heist which is super fun but also involves people coming down from the rafters from you know zephyrs to tackle the train so that takes a little bit fancy staging to get done and then the third of that actually goes back in time to a couple of decades before a clockwork professor and uh, that's our steampunk noir it's a crime story it's the story of how madame yao who is the criminal mastermind of new providence city uh, gained her title she starts off as a sort of party girl and by the end of the play she is holding no punches back so it's really fun. It's got some more adult themes than the other two, a little less family-friendly, but it is phenomenal. That's really great. So is this your guys' first time at Geek Girl Con as a booth, or...? Uh, we actually were here last year as well with uh, Maggie's first three. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we learned some things. We got a bigger booth this year because there's more books. Uh, and we've been doing a lot of fun activities around NaNoWriMo since this is a National Novel Writing Month. Uh, and uh, Seattle's mascot is the rubber duck. So we've got rubber ducks everywhere this year. So what kind of things have you been doing for NaNoWriMo? 
So first off, if you've made your goal for the day, you get to ring the really annoying bell and take a duck with you. We've got a lots of little mini ducks that are there to help people encourage their creativity. You can just take from the table. We were doing. We have a space in the back where uh, you can come and write your word count for the day. I know Allison, who's at one of the other booths, comes here for her lunch and does her writing while she's eating her lunch away from her booth. And uh, we had a uh, word count sprint competition uh, that uh, somebody yesterday blew completely out of the water. It is just not even worth having anybody else try. She managed to write 943 words in 10 minutes. I would have just gotten up and left. Yeah. I'd be like, I'm done. Yeah. No, it was... It was impressive, to say the least. <laughs> and, like, how long were these sprints? Like, 30 minutes or so? 10 minutes. No. Ten, yeah, 10 minutes. No. 943 words in 10 minutes. And I, I double-checked. She started from a blank Google Doc, and it was 943 words. Not many of them were spelled right, but they were there. That was my next question. Because <laughs> me, I would just be, like, sliding my hand across the no, they, they, You could tell that they were attempts at real words, so it was... She, it was as she said. She uh, put herself in the mind of someone who had too much to drink and went on a rant, uh, and so that uh, she just she just kept pouring out. It was great. That seems like a good book to read. Like just <laughs> right, drunk women <laughs> rants just constantly. That would be fun. I would I would read so much. Of Trying that. to decipher all the words. I think this is supposed to be something. Maybe kind of sort of maybe. <laughs> I know like when I have to type up stuff and I'm going way too fast, especially for like book reviews because I'm trying to get like yeah. all of my thoughts out at once. I look back and I'm like, none of that is spelled right. It's saying <laughs> everything is wrong. But my, my computer, even my phone, like, it'll say my name's wrong, too, because it's like, I don't get the spelling. Yeah, no, I, I frequently am adding words, especially because I write a lot of sci-fi and fantasy myself. So there's a lot of words I have to add to the dictionary. <laughs> especially when I start making stuff up. So yeah. it's, it's, it's something I'm very familiar with. So how, how was it getting started with your press and everything? So it's definitely a passion project and a one-woman job. So I uh, I started with I really wanted to have Maggie's books on my shelf because uh, I met her through my husband who was actually the stage manager for Clockwork Professor uh, right before he moved out to Boston to rescue me and bring me back home to Seattle. Uh, and then we backed the other two and been at every every one of them and they were amazing and I wanted to be able to just pick them up and read them whenever I wanted particularly Hand of Talons the Madame Yao Noir and uh, I kept pestering her I'm like Maggie 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 let me make them pretty for you let me make them pretty for you because I that's I love doing book design on top of all the writing it's one of the ways I de-stress so she eventually caved and uh, let me put them into print format which is and I started uh, doing all the press design alongside it so that it would have legitimacy and uh, I was not long into setting out the first one and I'm like this is too much fun why am I going to stop the first <laughs> and so I've been reaching out uh, my husband sits on the board of Matcha Theatre Works now and uh, they do a lot of original plays uh, on their stage and they're just amazing and so Happy 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 was one of theirs um, and there's a couple of more that have been in recent times that we're going to work towards getting into the press. Most playwrights want a few years 
to go back over their plays before they're willing to hand them in. Uh, but uh, I've got at least two people on the books already for next year. I've talked to several people here, actually, who've had plays produced. Because uh, that's, that's the only requirement, really, to have me do it, is that the plays have to have been produced in at least a stage reading form, because then I know you've edited. <laughs> Well, that's really good information. I know my friend, she's working on being doing one at her college right now. And she's like, oh, you have to go. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I remember I went to your one-woman thing. That was good. But I'm like, if other people are in it, I don't know. Yeah, it can be, it can be questionable. Uh, one of the ones we've got coming up next year, actually, uh, it's the first person that I don't have a personal referral to. They've came, they actually found the press online and submitted their play. And at first I was like, this is really not my sort of thing. But does that matter for what I'm trying to do? Because yeah. what I'm trying to do is really increase the diversity of plays that are out there. And uh, this play in particular has been produced by multiple theaters in her area. Uh, it had two different grants attached to it. Like, it was it was really, like, got a good, solid base of respectability to it. Uh, it just so happens that it also comes out of the tradition of the feminist apocalyptic writings of the 80s, which are a very particular flavor. <laughs> and it's kind of both a send-up of that genre, but also still exploring everything that that genre intended to explore. And it's done extraordinarily well. And I finally was like, you know, it's it's even if it's not my thing, it's other people's things, and it needs to continue to be shared. So uh, that's on the dock for next year. As soon as I get through the new year, I'll sit down and start laying that one out. Um, and I'll have my first male-presenting uh, playwright also on the books for next year. Uh, there was a musical done a few years ago that's based on Lewis and Clark. Uh, so uh, they, they wanted another they wanted another six months to clean up their script before they were willing to hand it in. So but we'll have that up for the next year and I'm still looking to fill the docket. I'm hoping instead of doing three year to start getting up to like five a year and more. Um, Maggie Lee's got a new play going up this Christmas called uh, Flight Before Xmas, which uh, Seattle Public Theater did a couple years ago. We're doing it again this year uh, at Matcha and it's it's so adorable and I love it to death. And I was like, so can I have that one now? And she's like, I need a year. <laughs> that's, that's really actually the biggest stumbling block in this whole press thing is the playwrights themselves either A, want more time with their work because really playwriting is a living, breathing format of writing. And so putting it into print is hard for them. Um, and the other roadblock I run into is the fact that a lot of them are still holding out for like some of those big two to come along and give them that form of legitimacy. Mm -hmm. And it's nice that the publishing world is changing and I tell them, I'll be patient, but I'm always here if you decide you want to stop waiting for those really ugly books. Because <laughs> let's face it, any of the play books you get from the big publishers are just ugly. So they're hard to read, they don't look pretty on your shelf. That's one of the things that we're trying to change about it, make it more reader friendly. My best friend, so she's at Western, she's going for an opera degree, but she's in all these plays and theater stuff and more operas, and so I have to go up there to see her. I mean, I love her, she's my best friend. We've been best friends since like she was three and I was two <laughs> and so it's like all this stuff and I'm like I know she's like I know it's not your thing and I'm like no I'm doing it for you it's gonna be fine like I just watched Phantom of the Opera for the first time because that is her favorite like <laughs> opera musical ever she's not a huge fan of the movie but she wanted me to at least see it because she yeah. always goes to the play and I'm just like you know I'm shipping some characters in this that you you don't want me to ship 
Because that's me. I'll be like, I see a connection, and I love when Raul cries. That's my favorite part. Right? Yeah. I'm like, he's the worst. <laughs> Yeah, that's I. I definitely ship characters. I I feel that real hard. Yeah, there's like a gothic artist over here that she does all these Disney but like theater plays too and other yeah. books. And she's a whole bunch of Phantom of the Opera. So I'm like, I'm definitely get her, getting my best friend one of these, but I'm getting her one of the ones that's low key romance. I love it. So she won't like it. I have another friend who's like, give me that romance. But yeah. Um. So what are you like? What are some of your goals that you want to achieve? So I would love for an MA Press uh, to eventually grow up, up into a 501c3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, right now it's it's me and in my spare time. And if I had you know time to actually work on this full time, putting out several books a year. I also want to start putting out uh, historical plays. So uh, everything that's in the public domain that's by somebody who's not an old dead white dude. Uh, and getting those back out there because there's some amazing female contemporaries of Shakespeare, uh, people of African descent that have from all over the world that have some amazing plays. And so I want to start getting those out uh, in the same uh, beautiful to read and actually orderable format because right now most of those you have to be able to find access to one of those old books. Thankfully, I live close enough to the Seattle libraries that I have that access, but a lot of people don't. So trying to get those into a place where people can actually read them and do them and study them again. Um, and so I'd, I'd love to be able to really just dive into it. It'd be great if I ended up attached to a university. I think that would be a wonderful place for NME Press to be. Uh, just because it'll have the support of the university. It'll be able to do a lot more. Um, pipe dream, I'd actually have staff. <laughs> I'd have dramaturgists on staff. I'd have copy editors on staff. Um, I'd be able to pay people to do things. Uh, so eventually, one of these days, that'll happen. For now, it'll be my, while I'm watching TV and need to de-stress, I'll sit there and lay out plays. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really great. I get what you mean. Like, you want other things that are not just, like, old, dead white dudes. Yeah. Um, I would love if there was more plays that weren't just Fiddler on the Roof for Jewish people. Right. Yes. At my school, they played that, and they sang, like, Hanukkah songs, and I was like, you know, I've never heard of a single one of these songs. I know, right? And I'm like, they don't even have Dreidel, and that's, like, the one that everyone goes to. Right? Yeah, no, there's trying to get the representation out there and it was, I was having a really great conversation with a uh, an attendee who came by who we were talking about uh, plays by uh, playwrights with disabilities and uh, one of the local theaters did a whole series of plays by playwrights with disabilities and uh, so I, I now have that resource to reach out to because that's another thing they said that the plays were just absolutely amazing so I want to be able to loop them in and get them going and it's just trying to get all of the everything represented and into the press I'm trying to like not tokenize but also make sure I'm reaching out to as broad of a playwright base as possible yeah like I think for all books yes across it that we are seeing more of that diversity there's more of a call for it especially like the end of this year going into 2020 and 2021 we are seeing, like, we're hearing about these books that will be coming out in, like, more plays and scripts yeah. and everything like that. Even comic books, they're getting more diverse every day. Like, every time I check out a new one, I'm like, oh, I never would have thought this would have been a comic. I'm really happy that it is, though. Right? Yeah, no, right now, uh, one of the genres that I've done a deep dive into, because most of what I read is actually fiction, uh, is Afrofuturism. I am just absolutely in love with that genre. It's Can you phenomenal. explain what that is? So Afrofuturism is uh, people of African descent have taken 
and their life experiences and their histories and done sci-fi from their perspective because most of the science fiction we get is from a white perspective from a eurocentric perspective and there's some absolutely amazing ones out there and as a white woman it blows my mind i just it's incredible just the the different take that that history gives them on what the future could be, what the future can be. Uh, in particular, one of my favorites is the Binti novella series, uh, one of Hugo for the first one, and it's uh, by Nidhi Okafor. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but it's, it's phenomenal. The main character comes from uh, a tribal culture in Africa in the future that her family is particularly proficient at making these mathematically based devices that the math is so far advanced that they're basically magicians. Like it's still math, but it's magic because it's so far advanced. And they're particularly talented at doing it, so they're in huge demand, but she wants to leave the family business and go to the uh, universe's university, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a stunning story. It's incredibly well done. The sense of home and what home means is not something I'd ever experienced before. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's, I can't, I can't praise it highly enough. It's one that I keep going back to and I keep throwing at people. I'm like, read this. <laughs> Here's a present. Read it. There's there's a couple of books that I keep handing to people, and I just keep buying a new used copy of to hand to the next person. One of those is a Wired for Story, because that's like my favorite book about writing. So anytime somebody like starts asking me questions about writing, I'm like, first go read this, <laughs> and then come back and we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I need to talk of like some of my favorite comic books because every time I like everyone asks me like what, like what's my favorite comic book or we talk about something new I'm like hey have you heard about this one and I'm like I feel like I should just always carry around me to give out to people I know right yeah so it just cracks me up um, so where can people find you online to like connect with you and to find out more about your scripts or if they have a play that they want to yeah absolutely so uh, the press website is nemepress.org that does have a silent M in the front of it so it's M as in Mary and as in Nancy E M as in Mary E uh, press.org Org, and there's a contact form on there. Shoot me a, lo a line and tell me what, what you're thinking. You can find links to purchase all of the plays there. You can either purchase them on Amazon or you can have your uh, smaller distributors, local distributors, purchase them for you. They're available through any uh, distribution channel. Uh, so, yeah, we really hope that people enjoy them. And if uh, anybody on here is listening is someone who produces theater, we do happily send free copies of the script for you to peruse if any of them sounded interesting to produce yourselves, especially around with the kids because we've got some here that we would really love to see in more schools. Oh, that'd be great. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Yeah, thank you.